Bonjour, hello, and happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Pick of the Blitz podcast, hosted live on the Locker Room app. Thank you for everyone who's already joined us live. Howard Saul, David, Maxwell, Ethan, great to see you guys, as always, uh, joining us live. And, of course, I'm Justin Heyer, here with Nick Bellotto. Today is our Thursday uh, Thursday evening all-national coverage, all-NFL show. So we'll be going through our game picks as usual. We'll have a wild card question at the end of the at the end of the show as usual. And today we've got a couple of fun topics to go through. We're definitely going to start discussing some of our playoff predictions, playoff NFL bracket, what we're what we're expecting to see there. But I want to get today started with something a little bit different. So we have now had Nick two really uh, marquee talents who were free agents last year that got franchise tagged. Uh, and subsequently sustained major injuries this NFL season. First, obviously, being Dak Prescott, and most recently this week, uh, Steelers stalwart edge rusher Bud Dupree. Now, that is obviously you know, really unfortunate that we see these players who should be signing massive, lucrative, long-term contracts with a lot of financial security get this franchise tag, have to play through it if they want to see free agency again, uh, and subsequently sustain these major injuries. What is your stance on whether or not, after seeing injuries like this, players should be holding out? Because obviously, when, when we see it happen you know, with guys like Le'Veon Bell, or um, you know, we saw a Melvin Gordon hold out for a long-term deal, although not, not necessarily because of franchise tag, but these holdout-type things that happen, fans are usually like, come on, you're getting $15 bucks on the franchise tag, go play. But, I mean, you see the consequences of that, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think I've always been in favor for holding out. Um, you know, because I think you only get how many shots are you legitimately going to get as a player in the NFL to take the kind of payday that your play has given to you. Right. So, I mean, I I think that while holding out is annoying from a fan perspective, right. um, At the end of the day, these guys, these players, they're, they're putting their bodies on the line every time they step out on the football field. Um, I think that, you know, I think that they should be able to hold out. Um, and I know that it's, it's complicated, right? Obviously, because you, you know, if you want to pay these guys so much money, um, that you could potentially, you know, um, hamstring yourselves in the future when it comes to salary caps, stuff like that. But if I'm a player, uh, I think that it's within my rights to hold out for that contract because I might only get one or two of them. And if I am putting my body on the line, in order to play football for you and provide entertainment for your fans. I think it's within my rights to hold out for the best contract that I can get. Now you also need to understand as a player, if you choose to do that, you might not get the money that you want. You might have to sit out a year, which could hurt. Like you need to understand the consequences of your actions. But if you want to hold out, I I think it's fine. It, it sucks from a, a fan perspective, but I think it's fine. And you usually see, honestly, the fans who are complaining are generally the fantasy football fans who are like, oh, well, now my, now my player who I drafted in the third round or whatever isn't playing, whereas obviously that has you know, very uh, little to no consequence compared to these, you know, these guys' livelihood. Uh, I was honestly surprised when the new CBA was negotiated uh, before this season that franchise tagging remained such a prominent uh, fixture of the CBA. Obviously, it's something that the players always push to remove and Somehow the NFL managed to to keep it in there. 
there's got to be a better mechanism. There has got to be a better mechanism for you know teams to be able to retain their free agents than slapping on a franchise tag and saying, ha, now you have to wait one or maybe even two years, because remember the Steelers used it twice in a row, I think on Le'Veon Bell, to get your long-term financial security after already having played four or sometimes even five years with these guys who hit fifth-year options, the first-round picks. There's got to be a better mechanism because it it's really is unfortunate to see you know, what happened with Dak and now what happened with Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, was, as a top-tier edge rusher, you're looking at in the very high teens, if not low 20 millions of dollars. And now, who knows? Because he's not going to be ready to play until potentially well into next year. So who's going to sign him to that kind of money? Yeah, no, no, probably. I mean, probably not, especially coming off an injury like this, because you just don't know how, like, listen, you know, with the way medicine is right now and the way these recoveries are, are working, um, players generally come back okay from these types of injuries. But you don't know. You have no yeah. idea. And, and um, you know, are you going to sign a guy like Bud Dupree to one of those, like you said, high-team, low $20 million contracts to have him sit for maybe a whole season, depending on how that recovery goes? Um, probably not. Uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really unfair the way the franchise system works um, because it, it, it gives the players very little negotiating room. And, if you, and uh, as we're sitting here talking about it, I, I think about how, uh, Anthony Davis just signed a $170 million contract with the NBA and, and LeBron signed an $85 million deal uh, with the NBA, with the Lakers. Um, and, and you just, you don't see the franchise tag elsewhere. And I, and I just wonder why. Yeah, obviously, you know, I know, I know it's apples to oranges when you consider salary caps and stuff like right. that, but I just wonder why there's so, like there's such a big disparity in the way that the NFL organizations run their salaries versus the way that the or treat I guess the powers that NFL organizations have over their players should they want to have those powers versus the NBA's organization st- organizational structure. You know what I'm trying to say? No, I totally get it. You <laughs> often like hear very clear. <laughs> no, no, no I, I get it. You often hear people saying like, you know, baseball, basketball, these sports have all guaranteed contracts. Why can't the NFL do that? I see the NFL side a little bit more on an argument like that, where it's like, listen, the risk of injury in football is exponentially higher than basketball and in a sport like baseball. And so the, the, the nature of just fully guaranteed contracts, where we've seen it like once with Kirk Cousins, is, is not as uh, maybe realistic, even if it's unfair. But the franchise tag, I think, is another story altogether. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time this, you know, the next CBA is negotiated, what is it like half a decade from now or whenever the, this current one is up that, that that's taken a closer look at because every single year when these franchise tag injuries pile up, it's just more and more pressure that's going to be put on the NFL to do away with what seems like a very antiquated system at this point. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's, you know, it's, it's when you look back at, you know, how the universe, um, how the universe uh, treated Le'Veon Bell when he did hold out. Um, this is kind you know, you're seeing all of that play out, not with him, right? Yeah, the holdouts rarely work either. It's almost like the players are in a right. no-win scenario at that point. It, but but I, think, I think that's part of the problem. And I think over the years, you've seen the, pr- the players try and um, take more control, right? You see this with the NBA now. Um, and again, I understand and I recognize that the two different sports, two different systems, everything. But the NBA has seen player empowerment 
um, really rise over the last couple of years where if a player is like, hey, trade me, they're going to trade them. Like it, it's basically players are dictating what happens to their, their futures. Yeah. And it's, it seems like the NFL, some of the players in the NFL are trying to take those steps uh, towards player empowerment. But I just don't know if with things like the franchise tag, I don't know if it's possible for them to reach those levels. Again, I understand and I recognize the differences between the two, the two leagues and the two sports and their structures. But I don't know if we'll ever reach a, play, uh, a, a position of player empowerment which I think is important, especially for the NFL, with players who are at a higher risk of injury than just about any other sport out there, uh, maybe except for the one where you run down the hill and chase the cheese. But if you <laughs> like, the, the, the players should have a little bit more power over their ability to get paid if they're performing at those high of a level. What is that sport called? Cheese rolling. <laughs> are you serious? I, I legitimately think it's cheese rolling, yes. This is an actual thing? Yeah, they uh, it's it's done. This up right it's now. done in a couple of different places. I I think it's like it's done in places in Europe. I think I think Wisconsin does it. Like they have a big cheese rolling thing, and everybody they roll the cheese down the hill, and everyone chases it, and it's whoever wins gets the cheese, and it's like why did I waste my time for this nasty, disgusting thing of cheese? And Cooper's Hill wild. cheese rolling is an annual event held in spring break holiday at Cooper's Hill in England. Participants race down the hill for two hundred. A 200-yard-long course after a round of double, I cannot pronounce that type of cheese, some some sort of cheese circle. Cheese, yeah, we call it a circle. Cheese wheel, cheese wheel. That's the yeah, that's cheese the wheel, cheese wheel. Circle cheese. That, <laughs> that is absurd. That is ridiculous. Oh, winners have come from all over the world. Canada, people are traveling all over the world from Australia to participate in this in this event. This is unbelievable. Yeah, cheese rolling. Wow. It's one of those things. You remember, you remember, you know, every year they do one of those uh, ESPN, uh, the Ocho thing where they show those weird sports. That's one of them. That's, it's like that's that, absurd. That in, uh, what's the other one that I thought was absurd? It was like, oh my goodness. It was Have like ping pong. Kicking? But with a, that's, that's an event. That's, that's yes, a sport. That, that's a good one. I'm also, I'm a fan of Which the one where it's ping ridiculous. pong, but you use your forehead and it's like a volleyball. That one, I love that. That also sounds absurd. And like a recipe for a concussion for sure. That and is must watch TV. If you're God, there me. are some strange, I'm looking at a list of some of the strangest sports that there are some wacky sports. Anyway, anyway I'm getting, I'm getting off topic. Okay. Let's move into our, our playoff predictions. So we'll go through AFC first and then NFC AFC, obviously an extraordinarily tight race for the wildcard spot. So I guess we'll go uh, first one through four division winners and then pick our, our wild card spots and the guys who are who are just missing out. So and we can alternate with uh, with each seed. We'll go we'll go by seed. So uh, right now, current standings: the Steelers at eleven zero are the, the the one seed. Then you have Chiefs at the two seed. Titans are currently one game ahead of the Colts. They're eight and three. The Colts are uh, are seven four. Titans have the three seed. Bills have the four seed. Then Browns, Dolphins, Colts are the three wild card spots. Just out right now. Uh, by at least a game, are the Raiders, Ravens, and Patriots. I think once you get to the 11 seed with the Broncos, we're, we're out of playoff contention at that point. So uh, that's the current AFC. So what is your uh, uh, first seed in the AFC? Or do you, not, do you want to just go through your whole uh, playoff list? What do you think is smooth? Well, no, we can, we can do one at a time because okay. I think there's you know a little bit of conversation that does need sure. to be had, uh, okay. with, with the, especially with the one seed, because I think the one seed is super interesting because the Steelers – 
The Steelers are there with that undefeated record, but can they hold that undefeated record for the remainder of their season? Right. Which is obviously they start to look play, like it, uh, to be honest. I think if you look at the rem- their remaining schedule, right, we're looking at Washington football team, the Bills, the Bengals, the Colts, and the Browns, right? Yeah. And I think the only real threat is is Buffalo, right? Interesting, because I was gonna say I was gonna say Indy was the game where they were gonna lose, but okay. Well, I, I don't, I don't see. I just don't. I don't know if I can trust the Colts. I think that's my. <sighs> and I don't feel like I can trust the Bills. Honestly, there's. There is no team I trust to play the same way every single week, other than the Kansas City Chiefs. So, right, and so that, so that's that's. I think you just kind of made my point for me, right? Can you trust the Steelers to continue and complete that undefeated season? And I don't think that you can, right? I think you saw last uh, last night, yesterday afternoon, uh, that the Steelers they struggled yesterday. They played a, a Ravens team that was not they had nobody, right? And they still struggled. So I think I think they're starting to reach that point where they're going to slip up. And I wouldn't. I'm, I don't know if I can say that Washington is going to to be that slip up game. Although it does, it could be seen as a trap game. Um, but I'm looking at that Bills game, and I'm I'm thinking maybe they lose one there. And then if you compare that to the Chiefs' remaining schedule uh, with the Broncos, the Dolphins, uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Los and the Chargers, right? I, I, I think I might say, if I had to pick, I think I'd feel more confident saying the Chiefs are going to win more of their remaining games than the Steelers are. So I think I'm going to go with my first seed being the Chiefs and the second seed being the Steelers. I'm going to go the same because I, I truly think that the – I think the Chiefs are going to win out. I think the Steelers are going to trip up on at least one of their games. Although I'm curious – see, then you get into tiebreaker snares. They have not played each other, Correct. So I'm not quite sure who wins at that point. Uh, the, the Chiefs have lost one conference game. If the Steelers lose to the Bills or the Colts, they will have lost one conference game, and then you can't really start to get, go down the rabbit hole of the tiebreaker. So I'm going to say I'm going to say it's the Chiefs. I'm not exactly how that tiebreaker would work, but I think the Steelers are more likely to trip up once or twice, potentially to the Colts and the Bills. The Browns have been good, but the uh, the Steelers are a team built to stop the run, and that's how the uh, that's how the Browns run their offense. So. Uh, I'm gonna right. say uh, I'm gonna say it's either going to be the Colts or the Bills game, and I'm gonna go Chiefs at one seed as well. I'm assuming that means you have Steelers at your two seed as I will. Right. So then we come down to our our last two division winners. So oh, wait, I just want to point uh, out real quick while we're still on the Steelers, the Steelers totally said f you to the entire NFL and their injury report <laughs> because they listed they listed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players as did not participate in practice, all of which were non injury related. They were saying, screw you to make us play on Wednesday. No one's <laughs> practicing today, which I thought I like was hysterical. That. It's like all of their veterans. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. I like that. Um, so moving on, let's, let's, so let's talk. Do you want to talk East or South first? Let's talk, let's talk East. Cause I think that's the one that sure. we're most comfortable talking, knowing our, our other interests in sports. Um, so do you see – it really comes down to, I think, two teams, right? I, I, while the Patriots have won a couple games in a row, I just don't see them – I don't see no, them. I don't see them coming storming streak. back. Right, because they've also got a really tough schedule uh, over the next couple of weeks. And you know, Cam's been terrible. Like, and I, Cam I has been I bad. I don't see this team winning more than half the rest of their games. So the question I think is: Do you do you think? And we can explore this maybe tomorrow a little bit on the show when we talk Dolphins. Sure. Um, do you think the Dolphins can overtake the the Bills for the division title? Just give me a quick yes or no. No. And maybe like a sentence. No, because I. 
No, because I, I just I'm not sure I trust them to win Week 17. Yeah, I, I, I'd I, like I, to I see it happen, but I think that's the the safe analysis it, because it, it, both teams have favorable schedules, right? With the Bills playing the Niners, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Pats, and then the Dolphins, yeah. and then the Dolphins playing the Bengals, Chiefs, Pats, Raiders, and and the Bills. Um, so I do I do think it'll come down to Week 17, right? Because I if you look at both of those. I, those matchups, I think it will come down to week 17, but I don't think, I, I think you said it, you know, Miami has not been very good in Buffalo for a long time. And I think that's going to continue at least this one final time in Buffalo. We'll talk next year, next year. Was the but last I, time I, they won in Buffalo, the, the Frank's 50 yard field goal in, in Gase's first year. I think, I think that so. might've been it's the last time. They, yeah. Yeah, it's and been I, a while because I think Josh Allen is undefeated against yes Miami in Buffalo, if not the, overall. <laughs> the Dolphins' defense is dramatically better than it was the last time they played Buffalo, but I still am not sure. I trust. I, I I don't think I would be very biased if I were to you know predict Miami's offense to keep up with Buffalo's offense, despite the fact that Miami's defense is uh, a good notch or two ahead of Buffalo's defense until I see, I might, if I, if Tua comes out even against the Bengals and slings it, you know, all over the place, if the Dolphins not necessarily win, but keep pace and, you know, keep competitive with Kansas city, I will, I reserve the right to amend this prediction, but for now I'm going to say Buffalo keeps the East. Okay. So we're saying Buffalo takes the East and then in the South, are we taking Colts or Titans? Yeah. I mean, that's such a toss up. The fact that Tennessee right now is a game up on uh, Indianapolis, I, I think just gives them the edge here. Both of these teams have sort of similar looking uh, rest of season schedules in terms of difficulty. So uh, I'm just going to say the Titans are able to keep that spot. Uh, also, they're built to win late in the season when teams are tired, when teams are banged up. You just run Derrick Henry at them and it works. So uh, I'm going to say Tennessee keeps it. But OK, well, then where do you have those two teams in terms of three and four seed, Bills or, uh, or Titans? Unless you're taking the Colts. Uh, I think, well, I'm going to take the Titans as well. Cause I think, you, I think your last point on it was the most important, which this team is built for these types of runs. Yeah. Um, literally, literally they're <laughs> built for those types of runs, the Derrick Henry t- styles of runs. Yeah. Um, I think I would put the Titans, uh, at a slight advantage over, over Buffalo because you, you see Buffalo playing a lot of inconsistent football. Um, they're good, but they play somewhat inconsistently, and it wouldn't surprise me if they do slip up a little bit, although I don't think they'll still – I still think they'll win the division. So I think I would have Tennessee at three and then um, Buffalo at four. That's my, that's my thoughts. And I think the, the most important point with regards to that seeding is the fact that Tennessee beat Buffalo. So if they're, if they're head-to-head in terms of record, I, you, know, you, you obviously uh, – Tennessee wins that tiebreaker, and Tennessee has – Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit as their next three games, uh, and then they finish off with with Green Bay and a, a Houston team that is running out of uh, players at this point. Yeah, given the uh, or rather starters, given the fact that two of their starters were just just suspended, so I, I think they win at least three, if not four, of their final five. Buffalo plays San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, uh, Denver, New England, and uh, Miami. I don't think they're winning all five of those games, so. Uh, I think at least these records will be tied, which gives Tennessee the three seed and Buffalo the four. I, I agree. I think I think I think it makes a lot of logical sense to have those as your top four. Okay, so now so, that brings so us to the interesting tricky, part right? of the conversation, which yeah, is I, I these think, wild card spots. 
Yeah, because you've got a lot of a lot of teams that are kind of hovering in that same uh, that that same record kind of area, right? So we've got so we got Cleveland, Miami, Indy, Vegas, and Baltimore, right? Those are the ones I think that we can really. Yeah, unless you want to throw New England there as potentially running for that seventh seed. Despite them for 11 years of dominance, (laughs) no, screw them. They're out there. Okay, so I just think it's nuts that we have an expanded wild card and probably a more more competitive wild card race than we've seen in the past half decade. Agreed, because everyone's. Because this is. Maybe it's because of the way the season's just played out or the COVID stuff. I mean. But, like, no one's really separated themselves outside of a couple of teams, right? Exactly. Everyone's kind of clumped together, a win here, a win there kind of thing. So, it really – it could all be up in flux over the next couple of weeks. So, we've got Cleveland, Miami, Indy, Vegas, Baltimore. Let's let's make this interesting. Who's your first team out? Like, which team are you saying absolutely not going to make the playoffs of those five? I – th- this sounds nuts based on the way their season oh. started. But I'm going to say Baltimore. Okay. I'm going to say Baltimore. They, I mean, they, they're the way they're struggling right now to move the ball on offense. The way they just got slapped by COVID, everything was going wrong for them at the absolute wrong time. So I'm going to say Baltimore. Okay, so you're probably going to think I'm crazy when I say this. I, I don't know if Indy's going to make the playoffs. That's really what I'm going to say. I'm going to say miss, and I'm and I'm saying it because of the schedule that they've got going for them, right? Because Indy, while they've been playing great, they've got that elite defense. Uh, Phillip Rivers has looked good. They play the Texans twice, and the Texans are playing better of late than they were at the beginning. Yeah, now they have – who are they throwing to? Like, I think it, that's two they, wins. Who are, see, I don't, I don't think that's two wins. I think at, at worst, at best for Indy, I think it's a one – it's a split. Right? It's Brandon so, Cooks so, okay. and that – can you name their next receiver after Brandon Cooks? The other guy in the Texan jersey – Deshaun Watson has been playing he, – he's playing on fire right now. And, and that says a lot. I, and I think Deshaun Watson's going to make a little magic happen. Okay. They're not making the playoffs. I'm not going crazy. Wow. Okay. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I, I just think division rival, division rival who is surging. I think the Colts have to watch out for him. That's all I'm saying. Right. Okay. And then they play the Raiders. They've got the Steelers. And then they wrap up with the Jaguars. Right. So that's a tough schedule. If you compare that to the Ravens schedule going forward, they play – the Cowboys, the Browns. I, which is, I don't trust them to even beat the Cowboys at this point. I really don't. I if really Lamar don't. is there, you don't I mean, think they can beat the Cowboys maybe. It's really. No, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying I'm predicting a Cowboys win. I, I clearly will pick the Ravens can, when they go can, through a game picks later. Can, but I don't trust can, them. But, but can I? Let me just finish reading the rest of their schedule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and you compare the two strengths here. Uh, of their schedules. Yeah. Cowboys, Browns, Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Bengals. No, if I, there's I, an easy path to the playoffs, it's right there. I, I get right? it, especially because you're playing, I mean, like Mike Glennon and then uh, Brandon Allen for the Bengals, like you're, and then potentially Colt Did McCoy Did you see how much you had to struggle to figure out who was playing quarterback? For yeah. I think that's an indicator. No, I, I get it. I do. I just I, – I could theoretically see – the Ravens dropping their next two, I think it's possible. In which case, they're sitting at six and seven, and even if they win all three all of those next three easy games, Jaguars, Giants, and Bengals. And by the way, the Giants give pretty much everyone, even good teams, problems. You know, we saw them do it to the Bucks. We've seen them do it to most teams. So uh, I, I could potentially see them dropping 
uh, two of these games, and then they're they're nine and seven. So uh, that that's that's why I'm 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 taking them out. Uh, but okay, okay I, I, I'm I'm shocked you went. Okay, so how do you want to do this now? So we're we're sitting with four teams left for a three team playoffs. Let's go down. Let's go down five to seven, and we'll see who we're leaving at afterwards. So you already removed the Colts. I already moved the Ravens. Who is your five seed? My five seed. So of the four teams that you have left, which is Baltimore, so me, me Vegas, you, Miami, let me give and the three teams. Cleveland. I'll give you the three teams I think are going to make it. Yeah. Okay? And then we can debate seeding. Yeah. I think Cleveland makes it okay. because I think they've got a like they got they got a great running game with Miles Garrett back in the lineup. They can rush rush the passer. I think that I think that Cleveland makes the playoffs for the first time in what feels like an eternity. Um, and they've got a game up on so, everyone right now. So. That helps, right? And they've got and they've got the Giants, the Jets, you know that that matchup against the Ravens, which we just talked about. Um, so I think I think I think Cleveland will make it. I think Miami will make it again based on their schedule. If they can, if their offense can develop a little bit of consistency, I really think that they've got an elite defense that they can ride to the playoffs. And then I'm going to put the Ravens in there. I'm going to say Vegas misses out. Okay, so I'm going to take. The and I think I would three. do it in that order, just as I'm thinking about it. Before, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But yeah, I think I would go five Cleveland, six Miami, seven Vegas. So I'm going to take the three that I'm are sorry, currently Baltimore, in it. Baltimore, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take the three that are currently in it, which is Cleveland, Miami, Indianapolis. I, as, as much as I yes, was explaining that I didn't trust Baltimore, and you cannot trust Vegas after getting shellacked like 40 to six or something against the Falcons. Like they got embarrassed. It was an absolute demolition of the Las Vegas Raiders. And it's mm-hmm. not like the Raiders were, were missing anyone in particular. You, you know, you, Josh Jacobs went out mid game, but that's when they were already down a ton. Uh, they turned the ball over like 99 times. And while this team could get very, very hot, they just fell apart going into the stretch run of the season. I also uh, I, I predict that Miami is going to beat Vegas, and then at that point, I don't see a path uh, for them in, in particular to win since they're already six and five and a game back behind Agreed. behind the other three. So I'm going to say that it, it stays the three it is now, and I think the seeding is going to stay pretty much the same because Miami's got a game up on Indy in terms of conference record, uh, and they have a, a really easy conference. Uh, conference game coming up in Cincinnati. If they beat the Raiders, that's another conference win. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's uh, Cleveland, Miami, Indianapolis. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I could totally see any making it, but I'm gonna go Cleveland, Miami, Baltimore. Yeah, and I see where you're based on schedule. I mean, you're right. The Ravens do have a very easy schedule. Now the Colts would only need a win. So this is where you might have me there because the Colts only we need to win two. Let's say the Colts go down to seven, the Ravens go down to seven. Ravens beat the Colts. So they would get in over the Colts. The Colts have to win, uh, essentially, at least three or four games to keep themselves uh, comfortable at this point. I, I agree so, with you. All right, so let's switch to NFC. Yeah. Can, can I make a bold prediction? Go for it. I don't know how Welcome. bold it is. I don't know how bold it is, but I'm definitely going to make it. I'm going to say that the seven teams that are currently in the playoffs are the seven teams that go forward to the playoffs. Uh, and then I mean, listen, by week uh, week twelve, and you're saying that it's already set in stone. That I'd say that's pretty bold. Although, when so you I'm not at, I'm not saying I'm not saying that their seating is set in right, stone, right, but right. the teams are. Yeah, when you look at the rest of the teams that are competing, I I, I certainly see how you could come to a uh, a prediction like that. Obviously, any of these NFC East teams, you could pretty much sub for one another. 
So I wouldn't be shocked if that team swaps, especially because the Giants may be uh, may no longer have Daniel Jones for another uh, another couple of weeks. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that one changes. So are you are you just laying it out right now? You're saying that's the seven. I'm saying I'm going to say. Yeah, yes. stick to it. Stick to it. All right. Yep. You know what? I'm going to stick to it. That's the seven. Okay. So I'm going to say that that NFC East uh, team does swap. And I'm going to go for the Washington football team as the NFC East representative. Now, the one, the one worry I have with Washington uh, is that they have a pretty tough schedule uh, right now for the next three games. They have the Steelers, the 49ers, and the Seahawks, and they finish up with the, with the Panthers and the Eagles. I'm going to say they, they snipe one of those three. I'm gonna, I'd say it's probably going to be the 49ers if it's one of those three. And then they sweep the last two in Carolina and Philadelphia, and then they make it, that would be what, uh, seven wins? They can even make it with six wins, even though they just take those last two with Carolina and Philadelphia. <laughs> they, can, okay. they can take it. So I'm going to say it's Washington that, that takes it. I don't say, I'm not confident really in anyone else pulling out a wild card at this point. I, I trust the Rams, the Bucks, and the Cardinals far more than they do the Vikings, the Bears, or the 49ers. Yep. But my, uh, my, I don't know if I'm going to call this a bold prediction, but my uh, assumption here is that if one team snags a wild card spot away from L.A., Tampa Bay, or Arizona, it's going to be uh, San Francisco. I think over over Minnesota or Chicago because if they get Jimmy G and or Kittle back for the stretch run, they're beating good teams without their best players. If they can get one or right. two of them back, I'm gonna say it's San Francisco. It's the best coach team out of I think any of these wild card spots outside of uh, outside of Sean McVay, and maybe sure. even better than Sean McVay because you know they have uh, Robert Saleh that defense coordinator. I can see that, but um, you know, just by getting guys back doesn't mean that they're going to be in. No, but they're winning. Te- they're winning games without them. No, sure, sure, I, and and I could see the argument made for it, um, but I just I think that the teams ahead of them are just. I think there's better teams. I think the Rams, the Bucks, and the, and the Cardinals are just better teams, um, and I think the 49ers are going to be the ones to lose out on that because they, yeah, they would have to beat teams. Arizona. They would have to beat Arizona, I think, and snag that right. wild spot, which right. they can and do. I don't know if that's necessary. They can, but I don't know if it's. I don't know if I would. If that's the only game, like I don't know if I could pick them there. I really right. don't. No, no, no. I, yeah, and they have a, they have a tough schedule going forward. So I think I could see the argument for it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Now the question I have for you, Justin, is: Do you think New Orleans holds on to that number one seed? Because uh, you got two very good football teams right behind them. Two very good but streaky football teams. See now. The question is, when is Breeze coming back? Maybe next week, but it doesn't sound super likely, though they've been rolling with Taysom. Not that Taysom's been great, but the defense has essentially obliterated everyone uh, in their path while uh, over the past you know four or five weeks. So uh, I'm going to say they do because the schedule outside of Kansas City is pretty easy. You play the Falcons again, who you just steamrolled two weeks ago. You play the Eagles, who can't beat anyone, then the Chiefs, uh, and then they finish up with two relatively soft uh, NFC opponents in, in Minnesota and Carolina. Obviously, Minnesota being a little bit more of a challenge, but uh, I'm going to say that the Saints do keep that seed. And they beat, okay. didn't they beat Green Bay? They did beat Green Bay, I believe. So they would have that tiebreaker over Green Bay. 
They would if, if all goes according to yeah. plan. Yes, they would. So I I don't know if I'm going to... Oh, no, I'm sorry. They lost the Green Bay. I think. Ah, so that makes things a little bit more interesting. Yes, no, they, they lost to Green Bay earlier in the year. So, so that could make I, more interesting. So I wonder... So I'm looking at the remaining schedules, right? I'm looking at I'm looking at who has the best path to potentially overtaking that, Seattle or Green Bay. I'm going to say that Green Bay will leapfrog the Saints for that number one spot. Okay. Because Aaron Rodgers is playing some wonderful football, number one. They also have the, the Eagles, the Lions, the Panthers, the Titans, and the Bears. So if they, even if they drop that one against the Titans, which I don't know if they would, um, that's still that's four of their last five games that they're easily favored in. Right. The Seahawks, I think, are an interesting team to talk about, too, because they also have a weak schedule. In fact, you could argue that it's even weaker with the Giants, Jets, the the football team, the Rams and the Niners. Um, but I think I think I'm going to go with Green Bay taking that number one spot. I think I would go green in terms of ranking them. I think I would go Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle as my one through three. Green Bay, New Orleans. Yeah, I, that's 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 pretty fair. Uh, and then, as, obviously, the one of those NFC East teams as the... Yeah, who, I'm going to say Giants just because I made my bold prediction, but whatever. Who cares? They're going to lose anyway. Yeah. How crazy would it be if one of those, uh, if one of those NFC East teams won whatever wildcard game they, they play in? That would just be... I, uh, everyone would go nuts. In, it would infuriate me. It would make me so angry for so many different reasons. Now, you have to watch out, by the way, for one of these uh, one of these NFC West spots potentially changing because the Rams do play the Seahawks again. They played the Cardinals twice, so that NFC West spot is still very much uh, up for grabs. Very much up for grabs. I know the uh, the Seahawks and Cardinals uh, already played each other, so that's that's you know one of those matchups out of the question. But uh, the the Cardinals still play the Rams twice. The Rams still play the Seahawks once. So that that could potentially come into play as well in terms of changing up the seating. Sure, I, I I hear you on that, but I don't I don't I don't think that they're going to. I think I think Seattle still takes that division. Yeah, they still have the game up on, right. on Rams and Cardinals. Alrighty, let's bring it over to our game picks. I have a bajillion tabs up on my computer right now because I was looking at all of those <laughs> different. As we were talking, like we we're looking at all the schedules for all these different teams. So I gotta gotta close some of that out. Uh, and let's bring it to over to our game pick. So obviously no Thursday night game, so we'll just jump right into the Sunday slate, starting off with a matchup I just mentioned a couple of seconds ago. Saints at Falcons. Who you got, Nick? I'm taking the Saints. Uh, I know that there's a lot of question marks about uh, Taysom Hill and can this defense um, continue the run that they are having. Uh, I am going to – I'm going to take the, the Saints in this one. Saints for me. Julio didn't practice today. Gurley didn't practice right. today. Hayden Hurst didn't practice today. Uh, Calvin really is, is limited. That Falcons offense is is hurt. So uh, even if they're able to hold Taysom, I'm not sure how many points they can score themselves. Sorry, that Saints defense has been rolling. So uh, AFC wild card. This is a heavyweight bout, which I never thought I would say uh, at the start <laughs> of the year. Cleveland at Tennessee. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Titans. Um, I think you know, even though there's very few fans. Uh, in the stands nowadays, I think home field advantage still means something. I think you're going to see a really, a really good, uh, a really good game when it comes to uh, on the ground football. Uh, I think that's to be expected with Henry and then uh, combination of Hunt and uh, Chubb. Um, but I think that uh, I think that Ryan Tannehill is a tad bit more consistent than Baker Mayfield is. 
Um, and I think I think the Titans are going to take this one. I think they can. I think that little because they're both going to match each other. I think when it comes to running the ball, when it comes to quarterback play, I think Tannehill is a slightly better option at quarterback. So I'm going to take the Titans. I'm going to make a bold prediction right here for this game that there are 350 combined rushing yards between Ooh. these two teams, which is honestly very difficult to do because when you're running the ball that much, the clock goes real quick. But I'm going to say 350 <laughs> combined rushing yards in this game, but Tennessee edges it out uh, and uh, keeps pace there in the AFC South. Knox Cleveland down a peg. NFC North bout a real stinker. Detroit at Chicago. Potentially Mitch Trubisky's last game as a bear if Bulls is healthy enough to come back the, uh, the next week. Do I have to pick this one? Apparently, I, I read a stat the other day that Mitch Trubisky has apparently like had the Lions number every time they've played, which is hysterical because I didn't think he had anyone's number. But apparently, Trubisky has done really well historically against the Trite. Does that sway you? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's Why go not? to Chicago. Why not? Let's say they get they they get off they get off the schneid and they're able to pull off pull off a win at home and take out the Lions. I'm going to go with that as well. Brings us to I think I already know your answer here. Brandon Allen at quarterback in question, Miami Dolphins. Oh, uh, Miami Dolphins. And let's save the fun part for tomorrow. But yeah. yeah. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Jacksonville Jaguars. I swear, I swear if Brandon <laughs> Allen has a perfect passer rating tomorrow, I'm going to lose my mind. Or on Sunday, I'm going to lose no my shot. mind. No shot. Jacksonville Jaguars. Ago, we said the same thing about Geno Smith. Oh, come on. It, I know, but this is the second day. Uh, I'm going to oh, say, Brand, here, bold prediction. Bold prediction. Brandon Allen plays so poorly that he is benched by the third quarter. Okay. I Listen, Good for every game. God's ears, buddy. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars at Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings. I, the Jaguars are a mess. Um, uh, the, the Vikings are uh, playing. They're, they're not. They're playing better. Uh, I don't think they're anywhere near a complete team. You just Kirk Cousins is, I think, a mess, too. And I think Minnesota needs to start considering its options at quarterback moving forward. But uh, I don't think this is the week that anyone gets really upset about that. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota. So there aren't that many upsets to look for. On the slate this week. Oh, no. Come on. So I'm going to take the upset here. Mike Glennon slings it for over 300 yards and takes down the Minnesota Vikings who have a hobbled Dalvin Cook, right? They've got Thielen coming back from the reserve COVID list. Who knows if he's able to, you know, you know, fully uh, play at his, his top tier self. Kirk Cousins had a really good November on a hot streak. But now it's December. The month has changed. The calendar's turned over. Kirk Vember is no more, and the Jaguars take down the Minnesota Vikings. And that brings us to AFC South about, you already called one of these games. Will it be this one, the Colts at the Texans? I'm going to take the Texans. There it is. I'm going to take the Texans. They played wonderful football last week. Um, Yes, I recognize they played against the Lions, but winning big is always a nice momentum booster. Yeah, they don't have Will Fuller. Um, but, but the Colts struggled a little bit last week. I am going to take the Texans. Okay. Wait, I need a, I, so the Texans, by the way, they have the, the name that I was go, I was looking for before was Kiki Cutie. That is their, that is Kiki Cutie is going to have over a hundred yards. <laughs> Kiki Cutie is there is currently Watch, just because their, of his name. Okay. Kiki Cutie is currently the wide receiver too. Will Fuller is now out suspended. Brandon Cook still in. Randall Cobb is hurt for this game, can't play. After Brandon Cooks, 
the next leading receiver on this team is like 35-year-old tight end Darren Fels. Yeah, let's go Darren. Okay, so I, I just – there's not enough offensive firepower on this team to take down the Colts' defense, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson is a magical human being. The Colts take this one here. The reeling Raiders at the winless New York Jets. Raiders, all day, every day. Yeah, if there on. was ever a bounce-back game after such a horrible performance, it is this one. I'm going to take the Raiders as well. I don't think we could confidently pick the Jets in any game. And that brings us to their neighbors, the New York Giants, at Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. No, uh, no, Giants, yeah, especially, especially no if, uh, if... With no Daniel Jones. Is it, it Colt McCoy? Is that who's going to be playing McCoy. for them? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The Seahawks. Yeah. Can't confidently do it. This should be a fantastic game. Los Angeles Rams at Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, this is a good one. The Cardinals are coming off of what? Two losses in a row, right? So uh, this, is a, this is a really big game. Um, yeah. The Rams. Rams coming off a tough loss as well. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm sorry, I was thinking. I was thinking no, 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 myself. no. You're good. Yeah, they just—they're coming off a tough loss. They—they they just barely edged out the Buccaneers, and they got barely edged out by the 49ers. I'm going to say they bounce back here and and take it on the Cardinals. And which, by the way, is going to send everyone in Arizona essentially into like panic mode because that'll be a team that everyone thought was a potential uh, top ten unit ending up at 500 there at six and six. So uh, I'm going to say the Rams come in for the for the win there as well. Kyler Murray still healing from that AC joint sprain shoulder. No one's really sure how healthy he is. Rams for me and as they, well. And they've struggled on the offensive side they of have. the ball. So. They have. And that Rams defense is good. It is very They're good. very good. They're good at football, indeed. New England Patriots at Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, you ready? Do it. Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to say Los Angeles Chargers, Chargers as I think the, well. Yeah, the Pats have won, but it hasn't been pretty. And I think the Chargers offense is is pretty good as long as Anthony Lynn doesn't do anything to ruin it. I'm going that's with the problem. Uh, can't trust Anthony. And that's weird, right? Like it's usually you can't trust a quarterback or a receiver or a de- No, defense. but he legitimately screws up games for them. Yeah, it's like he don't, <laughs> the biggest issue is him is your coach. That's a problem. That goal line sequence that they had the other week was just hysterically. Honestly, it, it's him and Doug Peterson. The game management, and these were two very promising head coaches as as recent as like two years ago, and neither can manage a game. It's shocking. I don't really understand why, but yeah, with the Chargers having Eckler back, you know, they have their weapons. I'm going to say they're able to score more points than the England Patriots, and that's the name of the game. That's how you win in football. You score more points. Let's bring it to that other failing head coach, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles take on Green Bay in Green Bay. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Can I be- can I just can I just say something? I think yeah. what Doug Peterson is doing is very stupid, very stupid. This whole like I'm gonna put Jalen Hurts in for like three plays and then I'm gonna bring Carson Wentz back and it's just gonna be this wonderfully awkward quarterback carousel right in front of your very eyes. I think that's dumb. Pick one, Agreed. play with them the entire game. If it doesn't work out, go back to the other one if you have to. But don't don't play that in the middle of the game. That's stupid. It wrecks this whole confidence. this whole Jalen Hurts. Conundrum. Going all the way back to picking Jalen Hurts in the second round of the draft, uh, right after you give Carson Wentz $150 bajillion, uh, just so silly. I understand the importance of a backup quarterback, but like, and, and the, but you're right. The whole quarterback carousel, that quarterback room is probably so awkward 
that locker room at this point oh, is so, so awkward. awkward. I just, I want to go, I want to get as far away from this Philly team as I possibly can as a football fan and as a viewer. It's, it's, it's really unfortunate, although it's fascinating because it's, it's really interesting to see a team self-destruct in this manner, but it's just, see, I, I feel bad. I feel bad for the team because I feel yeah. bad for Carson Wentz. I feel bad for Jalen Hurts. I, I, it's just good Lord. Like, this is just, it's like you said, super awkward. Remember when we thought that the Fitz Tua situation was going to be awkward? This is so much worse. This is 10 times worse. This is 10 times this worse. So and you worse. have, what's so sad is that it doesn't seem like it's going to be over with anytime soon because Peterson won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Like, do you fire him now at the end of the year? Probably not. Wentz is yeah. on the cap for like, if you cut him or trade him next year, it's like a 40 or $50 million dead cap hit. So you can't get rid of Wentz. You can't bench someone with that much money. You can. But, I mean, it'd be, uh, it'd be a real tough pill to swallow. And Hurts, I mean, from reports, doesn't seem ready to take over. So, I just, it's it's really, it's very unfortunate. Long story short, I'm picking Green Bay in this game. I'm sorry, say that again, I lost you. I said, long story short, I'm picking Green Bay in this game. Oh, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I pick just about anybody that's not the New York Jets against him. Brings us to AFC West bout Denver Broncos at Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, it is. The Broncos are a mess. We don't even know what quarterbacks are healthy, not healthy. Who knows? It's a mess. Kansas City. Washington football team at Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, Actually. Ooh. Actually. Ooh. Is he going to do it? Let's, Let's make this fun. Let's make this fun. I'm going to take Washington in this one. Wow. I'm not going to tell you why because I don't know why, but I just I get this vibe. This is a wow. trap game for the Steelers. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, this is, by the way, the first of a Monday night doubleheader. This game is uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. So we'll get that game warming us up for uh, the next contest. I'm going to take Pittsburgh here. I'm going to let you fall even back in the standings for our game picks. Which, by All the right, way, we'll I forgot see. to mention we'll a lot. We'll circle back there. Uh, Buffalo Bills at San Francisco 49ers. Uh, which, by the in, way, will be played in, not at San Francisco. It will be played in Arizona. The 49ers have moved right, from San Francisco to Arizona. Right, because they have the COVID uh, lockdowns over there, right? Exactly. Correct. So um, I'm going to take Buffalo. Uh, I think the 49ers, have been, like you said earlier, they're, they're starting to get people back. They're playing pretty good. Um, but I just – I don't know if they're – I don't know if all the Pistons are firing at this point, so I'm going to take Buffalo. Okay, I'm going to go with the 49ers here. Uh, I think that the 49ers have played a tremendous brand of tough football. It's, it's, it's a cliche, but this team is just so well coached, um, and I, I really like what they're doing. I think this team could make a run at the end of the year, as I was saying before, with our, our, playoff, um, our playoff predictions. Also, the Bills by the way, are not that great when we're talking uh, when we're talking run defense, which is something that the, the 49ers really used to, to move the ball. So I think that the Bills are susceptible here to some sort of an upset. They're definitely going to be favored. This is a game where I'm certainly not going to say it's going to be a blowout by any measure for, for, uh, for San Francisco, but the Bills are bottom 10 in, in run defense, and that's, that's how the 49ers move the ball. So I'm going to say the 49ers exploit that weakness. They win that Monday night matchup. Dallas Cowboys at Baltimore Ravens to end it off. It's a Tuesday night football game at 8.05 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> yeah, Baltimore. Because why not? Um, the Cow- Cause, yeah, because why not? You know, 
Listen, at the end of the day, more football is fun, right? Something right. to do on Tuesday nights. Um, yeah, I'm going Baltimore. I think I think ugh, the poor Cowboys, they're a mess. And I've used that phrase a lot for a lot of different teams this uh, these last couple of picks. But uh, they are they are the epitome of the mess. Looks, you're not looking at the New York Jets. So uh, I'm taking Baltimore in a bounce back game, regardless of who's healthy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that bold, regardless of who's healthy. Pat saying in the chat, the Ravens might actually win again, and he's right. This is this is a game here where you're going up against a Cowboys team that, as you said, is kind of a hot mess, right? So uh, if this is a game where you want to bounce back and keep yourself in, there is a must win. This is essentially a must win for Baltimore if they want to stay in this playoff race. I think it's going to be closer than everyone's going to give it credit for. The Cowboys. Uh, are obviously not the the shell of themselves that they were when they only put up three to the Washington football team and they only put up ten to the to the Cardinals, right? They have Dalton, Zeke, if he can, you know, play any any impressive uh, brand of football, you, you need it now. But they did oh, I lost Nick. That's not good. Hopefully he'll be back in a second. They did just get blown out by Washington now. It's been you know it's twice the season. So um, but, uh, I, I can't confidently pick the Cowboys. Uh, I'm, I think Ethan is still here and uh, listening live right now. I can't confidently pick the Cowboys. I'm sorry, Ethan. Uh, but I do think that it's going to be relatively close. Uh, but I'm going to take Baltimore going- here as well. Nick, I think I got you back. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm not uh, – moving on. <laughs> moving on. That, uh, that is the, uh, the, the last of our game picks there, so – we have now we've done a lot of prognosticating in this episode, going through our playoff Great predictions word. and thank you and our uh, and our game picks. So at this point, uh, I want I want your quick reaction on something before we move into our wild card question. The NFL conditionally reinstated Seahawks wide receiver Josh Gordon. It's now been almost a full year since Josh Gordon was on a football field, but he's coming back for the Seahawks. He's been playing alongside DK Metcalf, alongside Tyler Lockett. What I want to hear from you is just pretty simple yes or no. Does Josh Gordon make a big impact for the Seahawks going forward this year? No. Oh, well, that's boring. I'm not, I, 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 <laughs> what do you I, want from me? No, I think, it's, <laughs> I, I think the way Russ has been playing this year, the way Russ has been cooking, I think I'm going to go but the, out on a limb here. I'm going to say Josh Gordon has a 100-yard game for the Seahawks in the playoffs, and we get vintage Josh Gordon. That's my, I, don't think, I don't think it's dependent on Russ at all. The, the, that's my fun the random biggest, prediction. The biggest issue for Josh Gordon all the time is Josh Gordon. So let's, let's see him actually play. If he actually plays for more than a game before getting suspended again or having an issue or getting hurt, maybe we can talk. But right now I see no – no major impact by him. I just, I can't. All right. All right. You're, you're not, you're not quite as fun with me on that one. That's, that's okay. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not quite as what? You're not quite as fun. You're not quite as fun with that, with that prediction. I, I was, I was well, hoping because, you'd go out of the limb with me there, but that's nah, okay. It's okay. It's okay. No, I took, I, I'm, I'm already dangling from tree branches with my Washington football team pick. So, you know, you got to catch up to me a little bit. All right. Uh, our wild card question of the day, although that, that, that could have been it, but I do have, Another one for you. Wildcard question of the day. Okay, you just won the lottery. Okay, it's very, very, uh, we got one of those, one of those cliche questions here, but I don't think we've covered it yet. I'm wondering for wildcard questions. You just won the lottery. What are you doing first? What is your first big purchase? 
How much money are we talking? We're talking. We're talking Powerball. Rough. We're talking Powerball. Okay, so it's it's hundred plus. So we're million. talking. Okay, so we're talking a couple hundred million dollars. First so thing purchase. First thing I'm gonna do is explore becoming a minority owner of the Dolphins. But assuming that <laughs> would be a little bit complicated. Okay. Um, honestly, the first thing I would do is probably pay off all the debts that I have and my family has, and then. Oh, that's and a, then, that's nice. Thank you, Jesse. I would, I would every all the debts that my that myself, my girlfriend, my my family, all that debt will be gone. Um, definitely buying a second house in the mountains. I'll, I'll pick okay, I was gonna say, I, I was going to say um, that is a really nice answer, but I'm not accepting that. I wanted your first fun purchase answer. Oh no, I'm buying. I'm I'm probably buying myself a nice boat, and I'm probably just gonna go places on said boat, like put like okay. a couple months worth of food on there. Uh, definitely quitting my job. That's without a doubt. Although I would do something. I would given the fact that I was, even the fact that I was a student of yours, that's that that hurts a little bit. That hurts a little bit. No, but it's it's not a you thing. It's a me thing. You know, it's not you. It's me. So I had to. I feel like I have to. At least, I'm taking at least a couple months off. Like there, and not not some fair. months. I, I, I certainly can't blame. That's that's that's. I mean, you're getting you're winning you're winning the lottery. You're entitled. You're entitled to that. That's for sure. That's right. Okay, when you say you're going to put a couple months worth of food on a boat, are you saying you're just like sailing around the world? Like you're just gone? Like Nick is just out in the ocean, not you know, not to be found for several months until he comes back. Yeah, you're going to with a really gonna, long beard and uncomfortably tan. That is that is one. I want my skin to be leather. I want to look like all those beach bums you see on South Florida beaches that look like they haven't been inside in ten years. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, I I'm I'm going. I mean, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind for me. Is a football related answer. I'm I'm renting out one of those really awesome boxes for in in Hard Rock Stadium for for the span of a season or two because I, I don't know if you've looked at how much they cost, but it's it's like it's silly money. Like it's generally companies that rent those rent those boxes out. But if I'm winning the lottery, that's what I'm doing. When COVID finally permits us to go rent out boxes and and attend games regularly again, that's that's where I'm going. I'm renting renting out a box at at Hard Rock Stadium. My my fun answer there. I know it's football related. It's a football related show, but you can tell that I'm a football fan with an answer like that. I don't know if I lost Nick again, or if he's just bored by my answer. I may have lost him again, so I'm going I'm, to end the show. Can you hear me now? I'm gonna yeah. What's you back? Perfect timing. Just so you can end the show. <laughs> Perfect timing. We'll end the show right there. Thank you everyone who opted on listen live on uh, on the locker room app. This show, as always, will be up on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else you listen to your podcast within 24 hours. So today's Thursday night. It'll be up uh, up by the end of the day tomorrow on Friday. And we'll be back tomorrow live in the locker room app to talk Miami Dolphins. We'll have our weekly Friday Dolphins preview show. We'll be previewing the team's matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals. Brandon Allen will be coming to town to Hard Rock Stadium to face a very scary secondary in Miami. Uh, so we'll be talking uh, all the notes you need to know going into that game. Injury news and updates, obviously, with the two and the gang uh, going into that game. So we'll be back here tomorrow. But until then, thank you very much for can listening. We, oh. Can we officially can we officially nickname the Miami Dolphins offense to end the game? Because that is awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> I, That's I, done. Done. It's already done. Send send it to CEO Tom Garfinkel. Send it to the PR staff. We'll see if the. Dolphins it sounds like an old one. school, like '80s cartoon. I'm very excited about this. Someone needs to nickname the damn Dolphins defense. It deserves. I feel like it deserves a nickname at this point. Someone's yeah, Teal Curtain. We we already got ourselves a nickname. We had talked about it in the year. I, I honestly, I'm I'm a fan of the Tropical Swarm. I think that that I think that's 
that's where I'm the going. Tropical swarm. I that's that's that's, that's my pretty good. That's my pretty good, and that and that doesn't like. It's not like a copyright thing when it comes to Pittsburgh. Right, that's true. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure someone in Pittsburgh is going to get angry if we use Teal Curtain because we literally just we're essentially changing one of the letters and pulling the S off. So I'm sure someone in in, in Pittsburgh will be angry with that. But anyway, ending the episode there. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thank you, guys.